To you in experimentally immersive lo-fi, it's Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast covering the, quote, feature film debut of Canadian YouTube sensation, Kyle Edward Ball. I am the subject of my own dreams, Josh, and with me as ever is the subject of his own dreams, John. John, why hasn't anyone come yet? Oh, um, I, that's, yeah, we're going to have to get into that, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. no, no, I, they kind of came. <laughs> right? <laughs> for, yeah. For a movie that has three things happen in it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But before we get to that, John, in all actuality, how are you? I am doing well. Uh. You know, doing well. Uh, can't complain. Been working like crazy on this novel that I'm trying to write. I decided at 50,000 words that I wanted to change the tense. So I changed it to, <laughs> no. to third person past tense, which was, which was much more in line with the way the story was going. Oh, okay. Is it, um, is it, uh, is it all from the same point of view, or does the point of view move around? It's it's more of that kind of omnipotent, like all-seeing point of view, so that originally it was going to be from what I kind of considered the main character, um, but I didn't like the... I just, I just didn't like... It, it was limiting in, in a lot of the things that I wanted to say because it, it grounded me in his reality all the time. And he's... I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be more. It, it gives me an opportunity to like blather more about stuff because it's, yeah. it's not coming from his point of view. And then I also like, you know, because I was making a lot of it up as I was going along, pantsing it. I, yes. I had to go back in. I've been going back in and kind of rewriting dialogue and making it more natural and putting in a lot more of like the kind of stuff I say, like a million fucks and you know all that all that kind of stuff like one character was gonna be cool and then i realized he was boring so now he's a raging asshole you know it's just nice. just typical writery stuff yeah that's how about awesome yourself? yeah thank you how, how about yourself oh i have been let's see experiencing depression it's a kind of thing you do this is quite a movie to watch over and over again while experiencing depression jeez uh, what a great choice but but it's been good i can feel myself coming out of it i'm feeling a little bit more chemically balanced and i'm excited for um the soon to be past tense super bowl that uh will take place before after we record this but well before anyone else listens to it <laughs> yeah i'm uh i couldn't care less about the super bowl i i've watched yeah. it i watched it every year for like you know most of my aware life and then suddenly just was like you know what i don't give a shit about football anymore <laughs> yeah i i enjoy it i i i like watch like most of the time i can't really watch sports it's like this game doesn't matter but whenever it gets like to championships it's where whatever the format has basically decided that these are the best teams these are the athletes playing at the peak of this game's potential then i'm interested that's why i watched the world cup you know i watched the world series 
if the Astros are in it. Um, and because of that team from some town outside of where I live. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and here, you know, you've got, you've got the things I've been watching the playoffs the whole time. And just because of what streaming services I have available to me, I ended up watching, um, the Bengals play three games and I have no preference for the Bengals, but I did learn uh, this year that I hate Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the Bengals, and that guy can go swallow every cigar in the store. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I know nothing about Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. That, but but I'm sure I'm sure you're right. Oh yeah, he's the kind of guy where like uh, you know his dad has always pa- paid his way to places. Uh. He seems like the kind of guy that hasn't personally killed a stripper but he's helped his friend barry one probably (laughs) he's definitely done blow out of her ass crack yeah 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 he's he's a little bit too milk toast to actually do the crime but but also his dad is too rich for him to actually have to do the time god you know the nfl just cannot get away from the like the like pretty boy quarterback types the like oh yeah the chads <laughs> yes yeah and th- and this last game was joe burrow who is a total little baby face boy versus pat mahomes a pretty little baby face boy so melanie and i called it the battle of the baby faces it was <laughs> it was delightful nice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's what's that's what's been going on um john for your writing project do you have like a code name that you call it by that won't end up being the finished title our own demons Ooh, yeah that's the second one the first one wrote itself right out of the story so (laughs) (laughs) i was calling it first person limited (laughs) it's like the original idea that got me going on the the novel to begin with is completely written out of the story nice (laughs) because it was you know quite lame (laughs) yeah yeah Is it writing a hell of a thing like that? Like you go in there, you've got this kernel of inspiration that you're all excited about. And then by the time you actually are writing the thing, that is gone and you hate it. Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot about my writing. I, I, I knew that I wrote really fast. And when I feel inspired, I can like crank out, you know, 10,000 words just like that. And then but then what I definitely learned was that um, I suck when it comes to the mechanics of, of like the the amount of mistakes that I make, not not like misspellings and shit like that, but just you know like using the same phrase twice in two sentences, mm-hmm. or you know just the kinds of things, and it makes me wonder, do I speak that that way? You know, and I, I mean, you know, like just all the errors that that you just go back and read, and it's like, wow, did a five year old write this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you have to have an editor. I do the same thing where I'll fi- like I'll be like uh I'll end up putting the same word at the beginning of the sentence and then I'll use it again at the end of the sink- sentence. In both instances I'm like, "Wow, this is the best word right here." But then reading it I'm like, "Wow, what an asshole." <laughs> it's like the reason you're so excited about it is because you forgot that you just used it and it worked so well the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I do speak like that, too. Uh, I know there's at least one episode out there uh, of this show where I said bonkers just over and over again. And then another episode where I couldn't stop saying lunacy and lunatic. <laughs> wow, that's bonkers. <laughs> what a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, I, I use the word really a lot when I write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and every well, time... Gotta... Yeah. Go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, and then when I go back and look at all the adverbs, I'm just like, take that out, take that out, take that out, take that out. All those adverbs can just go suck eggs. Yeah, yeah. I am I'm uh, exceptionally guilty of just throwing adjectives all over the place. Like, ooh, that doesn't hit hard enough. What if it was wonderfully dramatic? <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> uh, but I'll get there. You know, I mean, I have the, I know, I know what, you know, what something is supposed to read like in my mind, or at least the way I envision it. So, and I'm super, super meticulous and anal about, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't even dream of submitting it until I read over it 5,000 times out loud, <laughs> you know, half asleep, at, they, like in every state I can imagine, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. You can even get some alpha readers. Alpha readers are uh, a great thing to do. Uh, that's what Patrick Rothfuss does. He just uh, just won't fucking publish a book. <laughs> They're he like, just... oh yeah, 15 years later, still haven't published the book. Permanent editing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Go set a watchman. Just uh, publish a book, get really famous, never publish a book again until you die. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Hey, I can do that. Well, except for the publishing, the first book part. Right. <laughs> John, do you find yourself, uh, when, when you're writing, like, after a certain point in the process, do you find yourself, like, having gotten into a groove where you realize that you're just writing the same thing over and over again. Like yeah. you've written a thing and then you're like, all right, I've got this entirely other idea. And then you start writing that idea and then you realize it's the same idea. Yeah. I, I will anticipate, like I'll go back and edit a section and anticipate something that I'm, I'm a sentence that I'm about to write <laughs> a paragraph later. I'll re like, I'll write that sentence again, almost verbatim. <laughs> and then go back over and read it, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, five sentences later, I put that exact same sentence. <laughs> nice. It's weird nice. how that stuff happens, yeah. Well, the reason I ask, John, is related to the movie that we are reviewing today. It is, um, so, so, on Kyle, Kyle Edward Ball's YouTube, uh, yeah. Bite Sized Nightmares, at Bite Sized Nightmares, uh, he had, his first one was called Nightmare One. And if you watch that, it's basically a short version of this movie. Mm -hmm. And cool. then um, he, he said, this is based on a nightmare I had as a kid that stuck with me for my whole life. Invited people to share their nightmares with him. And he would try to capture them in short film manner. And after making nightmare videos in his own style, he noted, it's strange that everyone seems to have the same nightmares as me. It's like, okay, I think you might have cause and effect wrong there. So then he made a short film called Heck, uh, 29 minutes, whereas Nightmare One was about four minutes. Uh, and then Heck is basically a 29 minute longification of Nightmare One. Uh, 
um, which shared a lot of similarities to it. And then Heck got trend, like enlongified and turned into Skinnamarink, which is the movie that we see now, which is exactly like Nightmare 1 and exactly like Heck, with some surprisingly storyline differences. But other than that, they are like visually just different qualities of the same thing. And it really feels like he's in in that thing where he keeps making the same thing over and over again, which I totally get. Uh, and it, I think it's just interesting to be able to see three different variations of the same thing play out. I think this one's successful, but uh, there are some things that were in heck that were interesting. Like, for example, it's just the little boy and his mom. Mm hmm. And the little boy, at one point, whenever he's trying to convince his mom to, like, come back to him or whatever, apologizes for getting cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know. If, have you have you watched any of his other stuff? I have not. I, uh, no. Okay. Yeah, I knew it's... about it, but I just had, yeah, I need, to, I'm, I need to go watch that shit. Yeah. It's good, but you could definitely see that like this this experimental film isn't his only experiment. This is just his longest experiment. Um, but I will say it's a it's successful. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I think I think he pulled it off. It's uh, I mean, it is quite an accomplishment. This movie. I mean, because just because it it really is an experimental film, and uh, but it's so. I don't know what I want to say that it touches on archetypes <laughs> that are so common that, you know, even, even in its bizarre state, people are get, kind of getting it more than you would expect. I'm sure there's, I mean, obviously the, the Reddit edge Lords are, <laughs> you know, but beyond that, like back on planet earth, people actually, you know, are getting it, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing. I, I would recommend listeners to watch it. Um, it's an especially good movie to watch by yourself, which isn't usually the case with horror movies, but this is one where it's really kind of a personal experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I could imagine nothing ruining this movie more than watching it with someone that doesn't get it and doesn't uh think it's good and heckles the decision and gets bored. Uh, for example, me like i <laughs> i i haven't personally experienced any of these dreams so at times it was just a little bit boring yeah. but i get the artistry from it i get the inspiration it's cool but um i'll tell you watching this movie multiple times was a bit of a chore it is difficult watching it multiple times uh i uh yeah i kind of had the same reaction i mean i the first time i watched it i watched it by myself with headphones well that's the only way i've watched it but that was the yeah. first way the first time i watched it i did it that way and um which i think is really the best way to watch the film um but i mean having said that it's like yeah i i yeah I, i've got to imagine I'm, like if it wasn't if it didn't appeal to you at all it would just be interminable and, and even oh yeah and, and the other thing is the second time you watch it and every successive time you watch it the thrill is gone it's not scary at all <sighs> At, I mean, no. I at all. Like, all the tension that that is built in this film is built around not knowing what's going to happen. So when you know what's going to happen, there's no tension. It's just weird, you know? Yeah. Which is cool. I like weird, but it's not scary anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 one, once you know the thing, then it's just like, oh, okay. Well, uh, oh, and here's going to be a jump scare, so I'm going to move my headphones <laughs> away from my head because I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you. That's right. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but, you know, my hat's off to Kyle Edwards' balls. I think he did... Yes. Uh, I think he did a, a, a great job, and uh, I, it'd be interesting to see what he comes up with next, because this is one of those things where, you know, he's, the, he can't possibly do it again. Um, yeah. I mean, he can, but nobody's going to watch it. He's going to have to come up with something completely different. Uh, yeah. And he could be a one-trick pony kind of guy where, hey, I, I blew my load on Shrink-A-Madink, and now I'm, you know, I'm good. That never happens with found footage style experimental cinema. No, not <laughs> no. at all. All of those Blair Witch Project people went on to have really <laughs> memorable careers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember that movie that, that I don't remember anything else they did. No, no. <laughs> Yeah. Then again, you know, this is kind of in the like creepy pasta oeuvre yeah. of of film, and so you know, it's it's going to be iterative. There's going to be other directors that come along and do other things like this, and I mean, in all, I would imagine this is purely preposterous because I can't know this, but I'd imagine Kyle Edward Ball will probably get kind of forgotten, whereas Skinnamarink itself will get remembered kind of like those guys from, you know, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I think... Who I do not know yeah, who they are. Yeah, Javier Bardem and Tony Danza, yes. I think is what it was. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... I... In a dance movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I just wanted to add real quick that this was actually shot in Kyle Edward Balls's uh, childhood home in, what was it, Edmonton, Alberta or something? Yep, yep. Or as Wikipedia calls it, Edmonton, Canada. Uh-huh. Because because they don't, there's nothing between the city and the country in Canada. He's from Canada. <laughs> yes. So the, the movie opens with a tremendous amount of hissing, which will carry on through 99.9% of the entire film. Um, you don't even realize you, you hear it anymore until it's not happening. But... Uh, yeah, it's imagine the sound of random hissing and TV-ish stuff. Okay, so anyways, so the movie end, uh, opens. It's like hissy, and we've got a hallway. This is kind of setting up what we're going to see throughout throughout the film. Weird camera angles, uh, barely lit, strange noises. The kid's dicking around with his little tape recorder thing. Uh, we've got loud moments and really soft moments. There's a uh, the world's most ominous nightlight, which oh, yeah. shows up many times throughout the film. Uh, one of the parents, I'm assuming it's the dad, because apparently that's his side of the bed, leaves the bed, um, and then the kid is uh, one of the kids is fucking around, and the dad asks him, "Are, are you hiding?" And uh, <laughs> and then apparently Kevin, the boy, is falls down the stairs while sleepwalking and dad very loudly storms out the door and takes the kid to the hospital. Uh, Then we get a bunch of slow panning on the camera. Uh, The TV turns itself on. The dad returns and phones someone 
to give them a boo-boo update for Kevin, which I assume was the mother, but, you know, it could be anybody or nobody. Yeah. Because, you know, this none of this may be actually happening. Um, uh, uh, another kid who I don't even know which one it is hits the shitter. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Kevin or Kaylee, uh, but they hit the shitter. And then they wander around in the hallway. There's no dad in the bedroom now. Uh, the one kid goes and gets the other kid. You, you pretty much... If you anytime you see them, you're pretty much seeing them from like the waist, not even the waist, like the hips down. You're seeing legs, yeah, mostly. Yeah, we're not getting any faces. Everything is either from the ground, looking up at like the ceiling corner of the wall, or like looking down at the corner of a room where the carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you know how like when you're laying in bed and you're you're kind of just in that dazed state where you're not quite asleep and you're. You're just staring at maybe a joint between two walls. And yep. that's that's 99% of this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, uh, they, they the dad's not there. The kids are together. Uh, the doors and the windows in the house start vanishing in a extremely lo-fi uh, technique. Uh, <laughs> cut shot. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, the kids hear the dad... Uh, calling what let's see kids hear dad yeah so anyways there's the, the dad calls there's no answer what is that what it is the fuck am i thinking of is it where kevin yeah, makes the yeah. phone call no that comes way later oh yeah that comes way later that's right they, yeah. they the kids hear the dad calling they, they don't answer and then the the phone is now dead somebody tries to use the phone it's dead um they're trying to yeah whatever and then uh, the kids decide that they're going to sleep downstairs because they're they're creeped out. There's creepy shit going on upstairs, uh, so they pop in the world's worst VHS tape of really old free to use cartoons. Uh, yep. Lights go out. They can't sleep. Uh, well, one of them can't sleep, and so they eat cereal. And um, mm-hmm. then Kevin goes upstairs to quote get some stuff, and we see that the nightlight is unplugged. Kevin goes to his dad's room. Nobody there. He plugs the little nightlight back in in the hallway. It switches itself off. (laughs) Riveting stuff. (laughs) Scariest movie ever made. (laughs) Wow, it's really hard to talk about that. What happens in this movie. Um, okay, and so that's that's where your part ends, right? Yeah. It's really hard to tell with this movie. Too. <laughs> um, so Kevin asks Kaylee, his sister is Kaylee, she's the older of the two. Uh, he asks her why is mom crying? She doesn't respond, so he asks how come no one's come yet? And she says she doesn't know. We hear scary noises, and then all of a sudden, one of the dining room chairs is now stuck to the ceiling in a moment that John foretold to me. He was like, you're going to see some horror movie things that you recognize in here. You, I won't tell you what they are, but you'll know it when you see it. And then I saw that that dining room chair on the ceiling, and I was like, oh, there it is. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, the TV, it was so poltergeisty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, staticky and flickering. Um, so seeing this, Kaylee says we should be quiet. Kevin says, where do you think Dad is? Kaylee says, I don't know. Kevin says, maybe he went with Mom. Kaylee says, I don't want to talk about Mom. 
Um, we then see the toilet disappear to an eerie tone, the <laughs> which for a movie that's all about being immersed in it, where you're like, like, like supposed to be like zoning in and like headphones on and like totally getting it. That stupid disappearing noise is so fucking silly. It really is. It's just like <laughs> it's like that kind. Of, it's like that kind of a sound. Uh, at this point, indistinct things on the wall. Like there's a there's a Barbie doll and some other stuff spooks Kaylee. Uh, while Kevin is away, and then uh, uh, Kevin walks up behind Kaylee and taps her on the shoulder, kind, we guess. We don't see this happen. But it scares Kaylee into a jump scare for us, where we're just looking at something and we're hearing... <sighs> and then a, a jump scare scream of... And it's like, oh, good, thanks. That, that's, I'm so glad I'm wearing headphones for this. At this point, we hear icky voices lure Kaylee upstairs. Then we see in the bed, her dad is there. He's like sitting up on the on the corner of the bed the way like a guy that's about to divorce his wife maybe would do in the middle of the night. I don't, I don't know. It's definitely not about anything like that. Uh, he tells Kaylee to look under the bed in a the creepiest way possible. So she does that. She looks under the bed. We don't see anything. We can't even tell that she actually looked under the bed because it's just a night night for night shot of a dark room. She looks back up and her dad is gone. But now her mom is there on the mom side of the bed. Her mom says, Kaylee, your father and me. This is cut off by an ominous sound. So she starts whispering, we love you and Kevin very much, Kaylee. I need you to close your eyes. And uh, so then the camera goes completely blank. And whenever it comes back, both parents are gone. And yet we still hear Kaylee's mom. She says, there's someone here. Go back downstairs, okay? And then we hear like bone crunching sounds and an inhuman squeal and and like like electronic noise tone jump scare. Thank you very much, Kyle. Um, and then an icky voice calls K uh, Kaylee, and then all the, our perspective switches from Kaylee to Kevin, who is also now calling Kaylee, and there is no response from her. Yeah, uh, man, I'm shitting my pants at this point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we get a lot of heavy breathing. Um, and then uh, Kevin goes to take a squeege, and then uh, yeah. he comes back, sleeps by the television. Uh, the Legos just seem to fall apart. I don't know if he's he's dicking with them or the thing is. I don't know what the fuck's going on. They're just the Legos moving around on the floor. Uh, great. And then they show up on the wall, and there's like Legos on the wall, and a teddy bear, and a VHS tape, and all, they're all just stuck to the wall, basically. Um, yep. That's uh, okay. And then uh, <laughs> we hear that we hear that voice thing again, calling Kevin to the basement. And uh, the night light we see is now unplugged again. Uh, we get the muffled Kaylee voice, who's also calling out to Kevin. 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 I feel strange is is a great thing. Like I just love that line. Like this little child 
who's been abducted by a demon or whatever is saying, I feel strange. Yeah. <laughs> that was really weird. Uh, and then we get this this weird, featureless, Kaylee, no-mouth jump scare thing. One of the few, like, like the only makeup effect, I guess, in the entire movie. Um, somebody freeze-framed that. This is great. I think it was... I can't remember who it was. It was somebody on Twitter, like a horror author or an artist or somebody, took a freeze frame of that shot <clears throat> and matched it up to a shot from uh, Lake Mungo. Ooh. And basically was like, yeah, they just ripped this off. And I'm like, I, I mean, that you, you are kind of, you do have a point. It pretty much looks exactly the same, but I don't think it was intentional. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a night picture. It's washed out. You know, it's supposed to be. I don't know. Who cares? But anyway, so she's got the demon fake now. Don't know what that means, but that's fine. And then um, we, we we get that moment. Kevin gets the fuck out of there. Uh, and then the the wall Legos vanish. They're they're not there anymore. Uh, Kevin busts out some juice boxes and um, here's the voice calling him again. Kevin. Wow, you did that really well. That's awesome. Sleep. (laughs) And then we just hear (laughs) thud. Kevin drops on the ground. We don't see him. We just hear it. Uh, The the cartoons go fucking haywire. Uh, Stuffed animal vanishes. Uh, The cartoons come back. They're like back to semi-normal, whatever. Kevin wakes up. Roxas juice box again. I was gonna say jukebox. Um, plays 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 around with the Legos, and then we hear the demon. I want to play a couple times. Wow! And, damn, you do that really <laughs> well. And then uh, we hear some more banging, some cartoon loops. Uh, the voice calls out to Kevin. Put the knife in your eye. Holy shit. Pretty nice. Dude, awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, he, he. I guess you hear the sh- of a box cutter, and then some horrible screaming, and then silence, and then blood splatter on the wall. So I, I guess he stuck a box cutter in his fucking eye, yeah. which is pretty rough. And then the voice tells him to wake up. Uh, he wakes up. He's heavy breathing. The tunes are all jacked. More breathing. We we get some ominous tone. Um, yeah, I love that ominous tone <laughs> showing up in the closed captions. And then we see the back of—is it Kaylee's head or is that the mom's head? I I really don't know. I think it's Kaylee's head, but it's hard to tell. I thought it was Kaylee's head too, um, because it was yeah, it was it was up close and it felt a little too intimate to be like the mother's head. Like I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's hard to say, but anyways, it also probably doesn't matter. But um, <clears throat> and then we hear the uh, off hook tone, um, which is what I wrote and was was actually exactly the way that was put in the in the uh, the subtitles. It was like, oh yeah, off hook tone. I guess that's what it is. Ke- yep. Kevin dials nine one one, and uh, they answer this time. the The phone is now working uh, because of the off hook tone. And uh, Kevin dials nine one one and has this bizarre discussion with the nine one one operator. Tells him, "I hurt myself and I feel sick." <laughs> then there's a bunch of nine one one y questions. Uh, 
pretty pretty standard stuff actually as far as like the 911 operator is concerned like are you you're yeah. in the house by yourself and all this kind of stuff uh that's when i find that's when you find out that kevin is four years old which yeah really does kind of ramp up the horror factor because imagine being in that position as a four-year-old <laughs> yeah uh, yeah also i, I i've got to say i kind of like this this nine one one dispatcher was like a very sympathetic character because you like hear them asking these important questions. They're like, "All right, Kevin, I I you know you're you're in the house by yourself. What's going on? And I'll we'll send help. I just need you to stay on the line." Like it, they're really trying. Uh, especially, uh, I think you're gonna hit this upcoming line here. Oh, the bit about the windows and doors being gone? Is that what you're, or is it? Yeah, the, the windows and doors being gone, and then it's like, now, Kevin, I hear that you're whispering. Uh, is, is there a reason that you're whispering? And whenever they asked that, I was like, damn, that person is, like, per- perceptive and, like, trying to make sure that they're helping this kid entirely. Like, way to go, 911 dispatcher. It's funny because, you know, I've watched, we've, obviously, we've watched so many horror movies that, that, you know, you're just expecting the 911 dispatcher to, you know, like, and Kevin, let me ask you this. You know, like, I just <laughs> yes. I kept waiting for that to happen, but it never happened. <laughs> yeah. It was like, wow, such restraint. Um, <laughs> and then Kevin stops responding. The person's like, Kevin, are you there? Kevin. And then it, the phone just drops to the floor. Kevin is not there with the phone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He's done with the phone. Yeah. That at this point, Kevin instead starts talking to the creepy voice, and he says, "You did that." And the creepy voice starts laughing in its creepiest way. It says, "I can do anything." Kaylee didn't do as she was told. She said she wanted her mom and dad, so I took her mouth away. <laughs> Pretty awesome. <laughs> Which is great. That's what we saw earlier with the with the th- the makeup effect over her mouth. Very much uh, uh, Harlan Ellison's. I I have no mouth, and I'm must scream i was like wow this is that's pretty awesome uh not something that's new right. but it's just you know uh it was good well done um he tells kevin to come upstairs kevin goes upstairs and it says it'll protect him and at this point kevin ends up on the ceiling we're seeing everything upside down including like on the floor is that stupid boob light that's in every shitty house um <laughs> And uh, it's on the floor now. Um, and then it says uh, up on the screen, it says 572 days, yeah. um, which which I was like, what? What the fuck is it talking about? But if you go back and you watch Heck and you watch First Nightmare in all of them, it counts how long this is taking. Uh-huh. So like in one of them, it, it talks about sleeps, like how many sleeps it's been. So this is supposed to be indicating to us that, plus the fact that earlier Kaylee was like, I think it's time to get up, that this isn't all taking place over the course of a single night. It's like a night that is unending or something, or at least that it's supposed to feel that way. Yeah, some sort of temporal weirdness. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin sees what looks like Kaylee across the room at, until she blurs slowly into nothingness. Um, then we see some kind of miniature house in a smoky fog distance lighting. It, um, oh, it it's very it's a very interesting shot, but it just has no context, and we. I'm sure there are some art students that could say some things about it, Um, uh, but I'm not them. 
then we see these creepy eyes peering at us from the darkness until it turns into that stupid face phone toy from the 70s or whatever. Uh, and then it does a jump scare. Thank you, Kyle. Um, we see that the faces have disappeared from all the family photos. We're looking at all the family photos and it's all just blurry and nothing. There's a scene looking up at the ceiling corner where it meets the wall, but it's upside down. So the ceiling is actually the floor and it's carpeted. And we see a very low budget, uh, digital blood splatter and sequence of increasingly heavy blood splatters go across the carpeted floor ceiling and then disappear and then reappear and then disappear and then reappear and then disappear <laughs> with lots of weird artificially laden screams sort of yeah and uh, then we yeah we hear a distorted mommy <laughs> And um, at this point, Kevin starts calling for Kaylee and he asks, can we watch something happy? Uh, then similar to that weird house in the fog, we now see a uh, door in a similar fog and the, the door is like elongated and stretched out. Um, and then it's just a, a dark screen with the, with the, you know, VHS static and then slowly that VHS static turns into a very blurry, almost two-dimensional face where the only featureness of the face is the recesses around the eyes and shadows around the nose and mouth. No, no, nothing to like grasp onto there. It, and it tells Kevin to go to sleep and Kevin asks, what's your name? What's your name? And then the face slowly recedes back into nothingness the end yeah that that happened <laughs> yeah it, i know we're both being like yeah fuck you fuck, fuck you but i mean it's actually really good it's it's a a really interesting watch it it can be immersive there are parts about it that i don't find effective but it's a very cool experience it's the thing about this movie for me is the first time i watched it i loved it uh, I mean, I, I just like the atmosphere worked for me and I was, you know, I mean, I, I, there's, I, I like a lot of movies where nothing much happens. So I'm okay with that. That wasn't, you know, wasn't that new to me. Um, you know, and, and then I don't know, it just kind of, it just hit for me. And then every other time that I watched it after that, I just was like, yeah, just don't give a shit anymore. Like it just, <laughs> yes. at one, this is a one viewing only movie for me. It, it, yeah. It's and then it's better to just think about it <laughs> because watching it watching it again it just took all the magic out of it. It was just I was just like God Jesus, how much longer do we have with this fuck? And I'm not usually like that with movies. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, unless they're just terrible, and this is not terrible. It's a it's a really cool movie, and I'm really glad I saw it once. <laughs> yes, I. I think I, I think we've talked about uh, I think we've talked about it before. There's Douglas Gordon's uh, uh, art piece, Twenty Four Hour Psycho, yeah. where he he plays the movie Psycho slowed down to the point that it takes twenty four hours to watch it. This is kind of like that, where like I bet that's really cool to watch exactly one time, maybe not all in one sitting <laughs> yeah. though. But 
but uh, but like it would be really cool to be in a room with that art exhibit. And this feels like it would be in a smaller room, but in the same gallery. Yeah, the thing about one of the, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things you can say about experimental art, but you know, but or particularly film. Um, there's all kinds of ways to experiment, just like there's all you know, there's all kinds of ways to to rip someone else off completely or whatever. But um, <laughs> as far as like experimentation, I mean, you you can experiment with a film and still make it incredibly engaging and exciting and fun. And, you know, just because it's experimental doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's you know slow paced or off putting or whatever. Um, but you can also make a very slow paced film and have it be you know pretty engaging. And I guess the first viewing for me more or less pulled that off. Uh, and like I said, I just after that it just it just lost its luster for me. But I think that's just because the. I just knew, you know, I knew it was going to happen and I had already formed my opinion about what had happened. And yeah. and, and it, there's nothing in there that rewards watching it again because all that stuff that just seemed to kind of like it, it like took this dramatic distance between moments in the film, those those distances just become interminable, like just agonizing when you're watching it over and over again. Yeah, you're just like I know. I know what's going to happen. I don't need nine shots of, you know, the the Legos and one Lego falls over, and then, you know, a side of a couch with a teddy bear arm hanging over it for nine minutes, and then, you know, some kid's feet that, and then when he's walking, you hear this. Like, what the fuck is that sound? <laughs> I know, I know. I sound like I'm slagging it. I guess it's it's. I, well, I am slagging it, but I, I really did like it. It's it's just it just doesn't reward multiple viewings for me at all. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it was intended for multiple no. viewings. So, like in in that way, where where I don't, I'm trying to be very fair to Kyle because it is it is very interesting, and he he does some cool things like. At first, I really hated the the super long for forever nothings between scary shots, but I get what he's doing as far as trying to do a dream immersion because, like, I'm not a I'm not the type of person that remembers my dreams. Most of the time, I wake up and have no recollection of dreams. There are very few dreams that I actually remember. Like over the course of years like i can go an entire year and not have ever woken up remembering wow. a dream but when i do there are often these like weird transitional places between the memorable moments and that's obviously what he's doing he's he's putting this this darkness and this uncertainty between these really really concrete moments yeah. and that's really interesting and it is a very rewarding single viewing experience like i don't i don't think he intended for two assholes to watch his movies for his movie four times and then rip it apart i think he intended to give one really cool experience and i think i think he did a good job of that it's just some of it's just i don't know i don't know some of it's very silly uh but the experimental camera work is really cool i really like the times whenever like the darkness feels like it's bulging mm -hmm. Um, like he, he did, did some great stuff. And I mean, this dude did it without a Hollywood budget. This is like a $15,000 budget that he partially, 
uh, crowdsourced, and then I guess he just, like, did the rest of it himself or whatever, or maybe he had, like, a, uh, uh, aunt a canadian aunt with a bunch of extra loonies hanging she, around she sold her stuffed beaver and uh raised some scratch <laughs> yeah. for mr balls <laughs> scratch old scratch what was that movie the with the stuffed beaver that we did i don't know i can't remember the name of it uh fuck it's in there go back and look at our 2021 uh it was an hour long it was it was the it was the guy was like dementia part two dementia part two that's right yeah this time it's beavery <laughs> that's correct yeah. and oh. there's some really really cool stuff like like one of the things that i like about this movie is w the implication of what's happening because we don't get yeah. any explanation of what's happening but there's a lot of things in here that like strike chords of like abuse taking place in yes. the home yes or or negligence or um it could also be like we we know that Kevin fell down the stairs and hit his head and went to the hospital and came back. It could be that that this is him on pain medicine experiencing all this, or even him on anesthesia, or a concussion. Um, like especially that last scene with the face telling him to go to sleep. That could just as easily be a demon making these horrible things happen as it is a nurse trying to get him to calm down in a hospital or an uh, an abusive relative trying to you know shut him up yeah like is he is he yeah does the movie once he falls is it taking place in his imagination or or in his mind like he's in a coma or something and you know he's he's personifying these fears that he has by you know by turning them into something that's outside of him um, you know, there's there's all kinds of questions like that that the movie raises, and I think does do a good job of that. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, I thought I thought that was really kind of cool because there's there's not a ton of plot points, but uh, and I guess that is something that would reward maybe a couple of viewings, unless you go read a bunch of reviews or something, and you kind of get an idea for the different ways that people are seeing it. But if you really wanted to try to interpret it for yourself, I guess maybe repeated viewings wouldn't be a bad idea because, you know, things like, you know, some of the plot points do stand out more, the more you watch it, you know, and that, yeah. that's that I felt like the narrative, actually the narrative made a lot more sense to me as I watched it over and over again. Unfortunately, you know, I, I just didn't, it didn't have the same thrill, but it was, you know, but like it's you're exactly right. I mean, this guy didn't make this movie with the intent to have you know idiots make fun of it. Um, yeah, he he wanted people to watch it and you know be scared, and it worked for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would definitely say um, watching it the first time is great on on your computer with your headphones on, but on consecutive ones, the temptation to just open up another window and do anything else while the movie is playing in the background is impossible. <laughs> like you cannot. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That's exactly why I, I wore headphones. And every time I watched it, because I knew I'd be on my phone, like just fucking, doo -doo -doo -doo, you know, and yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it may be slow paced and, and not a whole lot happens, but you still have to watch the fucking thing. Yep, yep. 
and and yeah it's it's good uh, another thing that i found particularly effective was uh kaylee's unique creep factor like we're mostly following kevin here yeah but but there's there's a a portion of it where we're following Kaylee around and uh, like there's that scene where Kevin asks about like do you think he went with mom and she doesn't want to talk about mom we're getting it's part of that like implication of maybe there's like abuse or negligence here the fact that she doesn't want to talk about mom and then that scene that she has it that's in with her mother it we get kind of a feeling like you know Kaylee like Kevin's for Kaylee's six but we're getting a feeling that she's more aware of the bad things that are going on than Kevin is. And then there gives, there gives some symbolism to her with her mouth covered up that she literally can't tell him Mm -hmm. the things that she knows that are going on. Right. And and that's really good. Um, It's, it's really effective. It's, it's super creepy and, and it, it adds to that, like, middle of the way like what the hell even is this like so i mean like really really good job kyle yeah for sure i I, i'm really glad that that this movie exists i mean it's it's just another example of you know kind of this running thread that we have about contemporary horror and where it's going and you know if if you're we were talking about writing at the beginning uh i've been following a lot of different writers and stuff on twitter and you know so the in horror and of course they have their own community they have a very strong sense of community which is cool because it's other creative arts aren't necessarily like that from my experience but uh uh so that that's really cool but i think the problem with that is it's it's great that everybody shares notes with everybody and, and you know they all talk technique and shop with each other all the time but then you you read their books and you you that shit comes right out you know like all their books do similar things, even though they're radically different from each other, and they're great books. Um, I've I've read a ton of really cool horror novels, um, y- y- you know. I, but they all kind of start, you know, sharing a lot of the same ideas. Like, like uh, this person went to school to learn how to do this. It's that kind of thing. Um, they're not formulaic. It's just there. There becomes this kind of like conventional wisdom, like you got to have three acts and you've got to have a climactic this and that you've got to, um, and people do that stuff now without even thinking about it, you know, because it's just, it's, there's just this assumption that you have to do that, you know, like, like when you go to tell somebody a story about something that happened to you, you don't just tell them like the first part and then you're done, you know, you've got to like try to follow some kind of narrative thread. And so, that's that's what happens so, it, so the same thing happens with film it, you know filmmakers are all informed by each other and it's it's impossible to do anything completely original and when you think about it like that what he did is is very unique i mean nobody's really made a film quite like that and it took it took a lot of balls to make that a lot of kyle edward balls to make that movie <laughs> Uh, he did say that he was uh, strongly influenced by the 1967 avant-garde film Wavelength, which I haven't seen and could not speak to, but I have seen a lot of uh, people online com- making comparisons to it. 67? Uh, I, I don't know if I know what that is. I don't I don't know what it is. But it was funny, you talked about like uh, them talking about like ripping off that shot from, from Lake Mungo. Mm-hmm. Um 
he has come forward and saying like one of his biggest influences was Black Christmas and <laughs> whenever he like lost the thread of how to do a panning shot like he felt like it wasn't right he would go back and watch that the scenes that he liked in Black Christmas and be like okay he did it this way and then he would go back and try to do it the same way that they did it in Black Christmas so huh. I thought that was really cool like I was like oh fuck yeah dude that's awesome that is cool Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with wavelength at all. And when I look at the images, uh, I did I did like a Google search. The images are just endless pictures of windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks interesting. I can I, yeah, I, I, I can see the influence, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure none of those windows disappear at any point. <laughs> and now um, I have to watch wavelength. Yes. Yes. And he said uh, among his uh, other influences were, of course, David Lynch. You can definitely see that in here. Uh, it has a, a strong similarity to uh, his web series, Rabbits, uh, which uh, yeah. we mentioned also in our uh, episode about possession. Um, like, I could definitely see the, uh, the the influence there. This has this has a lot of that to it. Yeah, which and, and again, to his credit, it, it doesn't it doesn't come off as like some sort of cheap attempt to be arty. It's mm -hmm. at least not to me. Um, I think he, he totally pulls off what he's trying to do. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm glad that there's people like him out there, you know, doing this kind of shit instead of, you know, just clinging to convention because it's a lot of times it's just easier to do that. You know, people are going to connect with it. They already are familiar. So they've got that it's built in. Um, you know, and then this guy comes along and just completely subverts that and, you know, just says, fuck it and subvert. And then and it turns out to, you know, I'm sure everybody's shocked that it's a raging hit. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it is really cool that stuff like this is is making it to theaters and, and making it to like a little bit of mainstream mm -hmm. success. Um, I guess we should talk about the story of this movie and how he it was a hit at the film festivals and then one of their one of their like servers got hacked and all of the movies got leaked on the internet and then this became a huge pirated hit where like everyone was watching it on like the pirate bay and stuff like that to the point that he was like oh shit my movie deal is going to fall apart because no one's going to want to watch this they've already seen it and like if you go to like the horror subreddit at that time like everyone was fucking watching it and everyone was either like i love this movie or i don't love this movie but they were all saying i've already watched this movie and none of that was going to reward it, like to reimburse his fifteen thousand dollar budget but um shutter stuck by him they're like no, no 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 this is fine we're we're gonna stick with our contract and uh, and then it made like a million dollars at the box office and it's been a, a hit on their streaming platform and so i'm i'm glad i'm glad that Kyle got a little bit of a reward for that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that this is a possible path for filmmakers, like to to do these little experimental things and, and build up a grassroots following that does allow, like you were talking about, not just following the same formula every fucking time of, of getting really new experimental and, and artistic horror that isn't like anything that we're used to that like not like anything else that's coming out it's it's really fucking cool and i'm I'm glad that this is a hit i cringe at all of the copy pasta that's gonna come after this because it's just going to be 
bad kind of like how as soon as Pooh, uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Huddy was announced and the first concept arts came out, then everyone was like, all right, well, we're going to do a Grinch one and we're going to do a, a, you know, Bambi one and, and stuff like that. So there, there's going to be a lot more like this uh, that's not going to be very good, um, but that's fine because you... you to make art means to make a bunch of shitty copies of art too. Yeah, I mean you when you create something and you know, you create something and then you put it out there and then it just belongs to the world, you know, like it sinks or swims or grows or whatever the fuck happens to it, you, you don't have really any control over it. And um you know, I mean he could have made any film he wanted and he made this, which is really cool. And um yeah. you know, it's it's yeah, I mean, I just, I, I still look forward to, you know, what is going to happen with horror because it's it's kind of changing before our eyes. And, you know, like I've, I've talked a million times about how, you know, I was like starving for movies like Hereditary and Midsummer and The Vavitch and all that shit to come out, you know, because there wasn't anything like that really at the time. And then all of a sudden all those movies came out. And then I think we've, we've done that, you know, it's time for you know, to, to, to explore, to expand even further, you know, and it, and now they're, you know, mainstream horror is embracing something like Skidamarink. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, audiences are a lot more savvy than maybe they were several decades ago because film's been around longer. We, they have a lot more of a bot. There's, you know, this large body of work that they can revert, revert back to. And, uh, it, it, it makes makes something like this maybe not quite so alien to people who aren't just you know movie fanatics, and yeah. I think that's the reason why it's not just getting completely panned across the board by audiences. Uh, this this is obviously the kind of film that a critic would like, uh, but I would have guessed that this would be the kind of film that audiences would have just been like Th- fucking thumbs down, my man. Yeah, and, um, but people seem to like it, you know. So I mean, that's that's encouraging that you know there's some segment of the populace out there that's intelligent enough to to give a movie like this a fucking shot yeah yeah and it rewards it it's it's super worth it yeah i uh I, I'm, I'm glad we covered it uh i i got a little worried when when i started taking my notes because i was just like yeah you can't really like, i'm always pretty confident that we will summarize stuff and make it entertaining and i think yeah. we did but i was a little i was a little worried about it there yeah. so so audience this was my pick i picked it because of the hype around it like i i picked it before i had seen it and i was like yeah let's let's do that and then the fr- uh, <laughs> i watched it and i was like i have made a horrible mistake <laughs> Is it too late to change? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is exactly the reason why I, we didn't cover Mad God. It's because, like, how how do you summarize that movie and talk about it? Yeah. That would have been even harder. Jesus. <laughs> yes. But also, John, you recommended to me, you shared a link to uh, Skinnamarinky-Doo Part 2. Yes. Uh, have, you, have you watched it? I watched some of it. I, I It's ridiculous that I sent you the link and didn't even finish it myself. But I... Oh. I saw I saw some of it and it was so much like the original that I just was like I'm, I'll watch it later and then I forgot to watch it later. 
<laughs> it's it's super worth it. It's great. Oh, cool. It's uh it's by Rene Rivas Productions and it's a very loving parody of this movie. Nice. Um uh but instead of the things that are in here there's a, a an Elmo doll that talks and a cookie monster and um at a certain point it kind of feels like maybe Cookie Monster is killing things. At one point we see the Elmo doll is like ripped in half and there's like blood and guts pouring out of both halves of it. Nice. And uh and then a big fat guy sits on a toilet and wipes his ass with a Barbie doll and then we see the Barbie doll head get flushed down the toilet. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. And a lot of it is, you know, it's 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 a parody of this movie, so a lot of it's playing with it. There's a a unicorn nightlight where every time you see that unicorn nightlight and it's like, oh <laughs> and and all of the sound effects are a little bit more comical and familiar and yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. Go out there and find Skinamarinky Doo Part Two and uh after you watch this movie and have a fun little chuckle at it. Yeah, it didn't take them long to throw that together too. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, apparently he, like, went and saw it at a film festival, and he was like, ooh, I'm gonna go do a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, one more thing that I have to say about this movie. It has, it probably has one of the best trailers I've ever seen, because it makes this movie seem like it's gonna fucking just destroy you. <laughs> that whole, in this house, in this house. <laughs> it's such a great trailer, and then I started reading about it, and I'm like, Wow, this movie! This movie is great. I love the title. I love the idea. The trailer was cool, and then I watched it. I was like, "Wow, this movie's awesome!" <laughs> yeah. And also, one of the things that freaked me out the the thing I identified most with this movie, uh, like as far as like the dream part of it, is the the um, public domain cartoons, mm. like like especially the one somewhere in Dreamland. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I've seen that cartoon, but I have no recollection of seeing that cartoon. I have no idea when I saw it, where where it was, why it was in front of me. But it, I must have been very small because it had that very like weird like pulling something up out of the depths of me that I could recall all of this. And it was like, wow, this is crazy. And it just makes me wonder, like, is that like, is there, was there like a, 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 toddler training tape that they like made every toddler watch where it had like that and some other of those old (laughs) out of copyright cartoons like it really that that was the most like a dream that i was familiar with part of this movie was seeing those scenes that i somehow remembered play out in front of me he yeah he uses those those kind of elements really well i mean as well as you could possibly use them really um you know they're suitably creepy and and just kind of take you out. I know it's it's set in the '90s, but it just has that it's not now feel to it, and that you know carries mm-hmm. carries through. Because I mean, there's still people with fucking rotary phones in their house, and uh, you know they live in old houses that look exactly like that one because someone actually lives in that fucking house, and they still use their VHS. And, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but they still they still you know people still use VHS sometimes and stuff. So it could have been now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that um, that wall, that one wall in the house with the, it's the chevron pattern uh, wood wood tiling or whatever you want to call it. I was like, wow, yeah, I've definitely been in houses with that wall before. <laughs> I know it's a, it's crazy that that thing made it like from from wherever it is we live all the way 
down to Canada. Yeah, over to Edmonton? <laughs> if you go south from us... Wait. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Just, uh... Just uh, take a left at Sorry, and uh, you'll you'll get there quick as you like. <laughs> take a left at Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, there goes all our Canadian fans. Uh yeah, we do have some. We've got some in uh, Ontario, a few in Saskatchewan. I don't know the different accents. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I saw that we we. we charted somewhere in movie review podcasts in some place weird like indonesia or something like that nice i guess they don't have a lot of movie podcasts wouldn't that be great if we became <laughs> yeah we became huge stars in some weird place like the, not that those places aren't weird but i mean weird that we would be even listened to at all there that that would be awesome like uh like uh, what is it uh sugarman or whatever yeah. that didn't realize that he had a huge following in like what what like south africa or something Some, like uh, that wasn't it it wasn't in Brahu. yeah Brahu. <laughs> france <laughs> egypt <laughs> yeah it'd be it'd be really cool plus a lot of those like like little uh little those one-off countries in uh, southeast asia where it's like oh yeah it's a cool little island but there's a billion people in it like it'd be cool if they were like all listening to load some things <laughs> meanwhile we have like two listeners in kentucky two <laughs> listeners in texas and one in california <laughs> and, and as, as typical americans we have the balls to make fun of other entire countries Oh my god, yeah. Just whole whole regions of like of the world. It's like what is wrong with these fucking people? Why would they listen to us? It's so stupid. <laughs> like, wow, these guys really get it. <laughs> they must live in great places. <laughs> John, uh, out of uh, on a scale of of Cero to Cinco, uh, loathsome things. How would you rate this movie on that scale based on your experience of watching it, and in comparison to the other horror movies that we have watched together separately talked about? I gave this movie three point two five. 3.25 I uh yeah it, it, I, I liked it a lot it was uh it wasn't perfect but it did a lot of it was it was very original and it was a, a welcomed <laughs> addition to 2023 horror it's interesting it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes this year uh because I know that there's some there's some stuff that looks really cool that found footage movie that people are talking about apparently it's really good um so I'm, I'm tentatively hopeful for that. But yeah, I gave it a 3.25. It's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, you know, well, I spent a lot of time talking shit about it, but that's kind of what I do. You know, it, yeah. it's anyone who's if anyone's listening, they know we're idiots. So it's not any big deal. It, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I it's def this movie is definitely an achievement. And I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that he made it. How about you? Yeah. 
Um, to give a number to it, I gave it a 3.5. Uh, it's got like a lot of uh, artistic integrity to it. it. It does a lot of cool things. But I mean, very honestly, this this movie shouldn't be ranked alongside right. the other movies that we've watched because it's it's not the it's not a movie as much as it is an art film. Like it's 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 like yeah, it's it's not the same kind of thing. So like giving it a three point five or like together that would be a six seven six point seven five. Yeah, that's that's not like putting it in other like comparing that with other movies with a similar score isn't really going to tell you anything about this so it's it's not really a fair ranking it's it it's it's not fair to score it that way it's it's its own kind of thing it's not really inside the wheelhouse of what we typically do but but there it is we i mean you know and, and i think that we you know we try to be as objective as possible about our personal ratings so that it's like whatever whatever rating we come up for these movies is just based entirely on whatever criteria we're using to consider, you know, is it, what, was it good? Is it worth watching? Is it scary? Is it this? Is it that? You know, and, and so you can kind of get an idea for like the range. I mean, if something's just abysmal, we're, we're going to be somewhere down below two and that's actually fairly rare. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's held for like <laughs> movies that are just insultingly bad. Um, you know, when you start getting around the threes, it's, it's, you know, a three would be, you know, perfectly average out of five, but this movie's better than perfectly average, but I'm not giving it a four or anything like that. It's not, that's approaching greatness. Yeah. So to give you an idea, I just, I looked it up and it's, it's a little bit comical where it landed. So, so let's see, let me pull this up. Uh, 6.75 so at so at 6.5 we have spider baby wow at 6.66 we have basket case 2 6.66 and then the two directly above this movie at 6.8 the curse of frankenstein and at 6.8 blood diner so this movie is sandwiched in between Spider Baby and Basket Gangs 2 below it and The Curse of Frankenstein and Blood Diner above it. That does not tell you anything about this movie. It tells you out of 45 movies, uh, we we liked it. Yeah, It held its own yeah, it against, good. against uh, of the bulk of movies that we enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. I think is yeah. I think is fair. I mean, it, it has a lot of things going for it that maybe you know maybe none of the movies that we covered have, but it also has some issues that you know keep me from wanting to declare it great. Uh, and I don't think it's going to age necessarily and be seen as great, but it could. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. It could. It could end up being a classic. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's achieved some notoriety. I don't know, I don't know where it'll get, uh, where it'll be on like people's memory box like five years from now. But but it's it's at least there will always be people that remember this movie, you know, for at least, you know, the next like ten or twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's weird animal noises in there at one point. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's some weird, there's some weird vocal effects, and and I think it's really funny. Yeah, I think didn't he overdub all the voices? So, you know, yeah. they were just because he wanted them to sound disembodied and and 
alien, I guess, which, you know, mission accomplished. Also, the sound guy died before they mixed the movie. Uh, that's that's who that person was, John something or other. Yeah, and, and all of the sound was, like, on his laptop. Like, all Ugh. of the audio files were on his laptop. And so <laughs> Kyle was like, well, I'm sad that my friend is dead, but... Can I get his laptop? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's super fucked up. It's like, hey, I just wanted to say I'm really sorry about the loss of your whatever he is to you. And um, I just wanted to let you know that in honor of uh, the work that he did with us, we're naming, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, credit him. Uh, it's going to be made in his honor. Um, also, is, is his laptop around anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> so i know he just died and everything and um not for any selfish reasons like i don't personally want his laptop but before he died he did ask that in the event of his death i erase his browser history so would it be okay if i just took this with me <laughs> oh my god yeah making fun Fuck of yes. dead people <laughs> some dead guy I never met <laughs> okay uh, John is there anything else we need to go over before we let these people move on to whatever other podcast they're going to listen to today no I can't think of anything that's worth a shit okay uh, well, go out there, watch other horror movies, have dreams, tell us about your dreams, and try not to interpret them too hard. Correct. And as always, we're sorry that you all are going to die. Huh? Oh. Take your headphones off. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one in there. Nice. <laughs> just at the end, so people won't quit listening to us before. <laughs> just put it, just interspersed, like just put it in in random places throughout the episode. <laughs> like some kind of purple cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so stop recording. Oh, yeah, that.